I'm a dude, and I'm inviting you to join me on a podcast about brews. Does that include stouts? Yes. Yes, of course it includes stouts. Like I was saying, join us every Saturday on the journey hey, hey, into... Hey, co- wait a minute. Do you, do you guys do anything about, like, IPAs? Yes. Like that? Yes, of, yes, of, yes, we do IPAs. Okay. It's, okay. It, yes. Anyway... Join us on the Journey into Comics Network for Brews with Dudes. Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, do you, have you guys ever, do you care if I bring some Zima on? Yes, I care if you bring Zima. Zima doesn't count. Zima, oh. Zima's, Dr. Dongo. Anyway, join us every Saturday for a podcast that delves into the craft brew world. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. I'm Joanna. And I'm Mish. And you're listening to another episode of Literature. Today, we have an official announcement to make. Two of them, actually. Two. But I'm just going to say the most important one first. <laughs> <laughs> Mish is officially a co-host of Literature. Woo! So she's not a permanent guest anymore. She's going to stay here forever. <laughs> and ever. And ever. Even when we die, we're going to keep doing these. Yep. We'll come back to haunt you every week. <laughs> every two weeks, sorry. Via audio. <laughs> also, you must be wondering, why am I listening to these girls on a Friday? It's kind of weird. Well, that's because we changed days. From now on, you'll be listening to us every second Friday. That's going to be No More Lazy Sunday. <laughs> Book podcast. You can be lazy on Friday and ignore the world. <laughs> <clears throat> Today we are talking about The Prisoner of Azkaban, book versus the movie. And I feel like this one so far has the most differences. I mean, a lot of them are subtle, but... But a it lot has of a differences. lot. It does. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so right off the start, Harry's under his covers doing the Lumos Maxima charm, but that counts as magic. He can't do magic at home. I don't understand this part. Yeah, it's not in the book, but I, you know, it's probably one of those things to be like, oh, catching your eye right from the get-go in the movie, but yeah. But he can't do it. Exactly. <laughs> like every you, would, you would get written up for it. <laughs> every Harry Potter fan, like, hates that scene, because it doesn't make any fucking sense, ever. Mm. Nope. Like, what was even the point? And another thing that's said... Harry doesn't get his fucking birthday presents while he's at the Dursleys. (laughs) Nobody cares. Like, there was no happy point in that part. You didn't didn't get 40 pounds of cake. He didn't get anything. 
Nope. Poor boy. Dudley's diet. (laughs) (laughs) They also didn't hear about Sirius escaping in the Muggle world, so that kind of took away the whole, you know, point of them being scared about Sirius coming. Which kind of made the story at the beginning of the book seem so lame, in my opinion. Or at the beginning of the movie, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the book's not lame. It just hurt my heart a little. <laughs> <laughs> not what I meant. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so Harry's not always the smartest cookie in the jar. We know this. <clears throat> but I'm sure that asking Vernon if he can sign the Hogsmeade permission slip, just as Marge walks in the door was not a very good plan. No. I don't think bringing up anything magical while Marge was there would have been a very good plan. Right. I just think it was particularly stupid. Like, why was this not something he asked a long Yesterday. time ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, Marge. Something mm-hmm. that bugged me in the book was her <laughs> giving him tea. Yup. <laughs> but the movie bothers me way more. Because she gives her dog brandy while sitting at the table, and that's not any better and than that's giving him not, coffee. No, I think I would have rather tea. <laughs> right? Like, here, have this brandy. That can't be good for dogs. So, we just, here's a bad example of a dog mom, and let's just make her worse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just wanted you to hate her more. Right? <laughs> dog's health is at stake. Care about it. (laughs) So staying on the topic of Marge for a few minutes, how much force did those freaking buttons fly off her cardigan with? Like, holy moly. Not only did one fly off and knock Dudley over once, but a second one flew off and knocked Dudley over a second time. Like, holy shit. Right. Those were like, I mean, that's like a secret weapon, you know? Yeah. That's a dangerous shirt to have out there. Just pew, pew. (laughs) the pew pew buttons but I did love that in the movie Marge flies right out the doors and floats away because I mean she deserves it I also love Petunia's reactions did you see her reactions during the whole scene Vernon is holding on to Marge to hold her down while she's floating away and she's just like absentmindedly wiping down the wall beside like on the house she's just kind (laughs) of like with a rag and then after Marge floats away and Vernon's all like, no, Marge! She's just, like, waving to her, like, as if she's like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks <it>. for coming! <laughs> <laughs> happy to see you come, but happier to see you go. <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I just loved Petunia's reaction to this whole situation. And another thing that bugs me... Well, it doesn't bug me. It's funny. I love that when Harry has officially run away, you still see Marge, like, floating off in the distance. <laughs> ah, you know? But that brings the question, why did they not act more quickly? I feel like they just, there she goes. The fuck do we do now? I'm going to yell at my, at Harry, and then do nothing. I mean, I guess her. there's really not much they could do. Right. <laughs> I mean, who do you call? My aunt floated away. Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah, fucking Marge. (laughs) Yeah, because in the book, she just floats up to the ceiling. 
Yeah, that's not as exciting. I mean, no. she definitely deserved floating out the window. Especially, Absolutely. maybe that's just the more revenge because she gave her dog brandy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Give him tea, you float to the ceiling. Brandy, you're just, you're going to die. <laughs> well. So, okay, where are we? So the bus. I was super sad that it didn't make its, like, grand entrance with, like, the flash of light and the cracking bang that it was supposed to make. It just, like, pulled up like a regular three-story purple bus. <laughs> it just, like, drives up, like, oh, hey, we're here to pick you up. Like, it, no, it needed, like, the boom, like, the magic, the, the pop. <laughs> <laughs> Hand motions, even though you guys can't see them. <laughs> also, I hate the talking head. Gosh, the talking head creeps me the fuck out. By the way, because it's just like <laughs> shrunken head. I don't know. I don't. I don't like it. I don't think it just seems pointless to me. I personally love the shrunken head so much. Ernie, take it away. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, that wasn't in the book at all. But during an interview, J.K. Rowling actually said that she wished she'd thought of the shrunken head, you know, yeah. talking. I mean, it's it's a comical thing. And yeah. I mean, Ernie could use some guidance with those glasses. Yeah, but I think that because they added the talking head, it made the scenes that were important in the bus not mm-hmm. happen. Because yeah. while they could have been talking, he was just like being goofy in the front, which is like... Well, then he didn't talk to Stan about uh, Sirius being a wizard. Like, he didn't talk to, you know, about certain important things, right? Like, I think that they took a lot of the story out by adding it. That's true. I guess if they'd kept that in, maybe you'd you'd like them a little more. (laughs) Probably, but I just feel like it took so much out. That's right. It's true. Also, Harry didn't give him his name even <laughs> in the book. He tells them that his name is Neville, but they didn't seem to care as much in the movie, probably because of the head. Uh, <laughs> and when they dropped him off, also, like, I don't know if they found out he was Harry Potter, because I think, did Fudge say, like, uh, oh, Harry, about time. Because if they did find out he was Harry Potter, they didn't give a fuck. They moved on with their lives and left. That's cool. <laughs> but uh. So, in the book, when Harry gets to the Leaky Cauldron, he has, like, a week of vacation time, right? Mm-hmm. And he just stays there for a week until the, the Weasleys get back from Egypt, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the movie, Fudge tells him that he's off to Hogwarts tomorrow and that he already took the liberty liberty of picking up what Harry needed from Diagon Alley. So like Harry didn't even get a super awesome week to just like hang out and chill and eat ice cream, which is basically what he does in the book. And that's sad because that boy deserves a vaca- a vacation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a vacation. But, you know, that's just like the movies. Just, fuck August. We're going right to (laughs) September. (laughs) But I was sad. We didn't get to have any Diagon Alley scenes in this movie. Yeah. It's so sad. I love seeing the Diagon Alley scenes. It's so magical. Yeah. 
Like, someday. Makes me want to go well, now. I mean, you're technically going this year. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> God, Harry Potter World Diagon Alley. I can't. Someday. <laughs> and I'm never going to leave. You should, like, come in our trunk. We'll, like, bring you. <laughs> Ooh, I could dress up. I'll just do a scale male Hedwig costume and you can put me in a little cage. It's, it's, my just my pe- it's just my pet owl. She's not a person. You can let her in, right? Who, who? <laughs> who, who am I? <laughs> who are you? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so, once again, they left out Neville. But this time, it was a very important one, actually. So Neville and Ginny were both supposed to be in the train train cabin when the Dementor got there. Um, because Neville was the one who actually told people that Harry fainted. So if Neville wasn't there, I don't think in the movie Ginny was either, actually. Mm-hmm. So if Neville wasn't there, I doubt Ron or Hermione would have been walking around the school being like, Oh, by the way, Harry fainted when they came. Like, ha- nobody would have known. And then Draco wouldn't have been like, is it true, Potter? You know? Because I feel like, obviously, his friends wouldn't have said that. Right. <clears throat> you okay? <laughs> I'm drink- I was drinking my coffee, and then my mouth felt really dehydrated after. Mm. And then yes. I almost choked on the spit that I did finally have. <laughs> Are you good now? Yeah. I bet everyone really wanted to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get you get realness with us, so. Yeah. It was either that or I was going to be coughing on here for about five more minutes, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hermione gets the time turner uh, from McGonagall. But she just runs around in the in the movie anyways. She just runs around with it sticking out of her clothes. She's not being very discreet with it, is she? She's just like, all of a sudden she's there and she's like tucking it in or she's like pulling it out or it's just right. there. Right, like in the Care for Magical Creatures class, it's just flopping around. Yeah, for everyone exactly. to see. You would think more people would know what that is looking at it. Yeah, you which know? is why you'd think that she'd need to, especially if the rest of the teachers didn't know, like we tried to speculate last episode yeah. like if, if they didn't they, they would know have known then they yeah exactly <laughs> <clears throat> so a thing that kind of bugs me about the movie is the relationship between ron and hermione mm-hmm. actually the the whole trio kind of has their problems in the book but you know they go through so much not so much heartache, but Ron and Hermione are at each other's throats most of the time in the book. Half yeah. of the year, they're just not even talking to each other. But they're already starting the kind of love interest in the movie with mm-hmm. the Hermione, like, grabbing Ron's hand. And yeah. they're already showing that they're going to be a thing. Which, I mean, I mean, it's true. But, but it didn't, didn't start out like that. <laughs> no. They were just, they were ready to take each other down half the time, and Hermione spent most of her third year crying because Ron was being a dick, <laughs> you know? <laughs> In his defense, he did think that her cat killed his rat, so... That's, that's very true. 
but they didn't show that as much. They had no. a very small scene in the Leaky Cauldron with the with Scabbers and them fighting, but I didn't lasted like two seconds. Yeah, just keep so, your cat away from him. And it's just like that's it. And we're all good now. <laughs> <laughs> so the Boggart scene in both the book and the movie. Ron's was obviously a spider, but in the book, he took off his legs and it bounced around like a weird beach ball. But in the movie, he put roller skates on skates, skates on it, which I liked way better, honestly, in my opinion. Seeing yeah. the spider go around on the roller skates was freaking hilarious. It really was. But it wasn't only his that had changed. Pavardi's in the book uh, turns into a blood-stained mummy, which is sounds terrifying. But in the movie, it's a snake. Or, yeah, it's a snake. Mm -hmm. In the book, Harry never got to do his. And Lupin cuts off the class before Harry even gets a chance. But in the movie, the Dementor actually does pop up. Yeah. So, I'm not sure why they added that. I feel like it made more sense before. Because Lupin jumps out, the Dementor's already there. And it's, oh, I thought it would be Voldemort. It's like, you could already see what it was. Yeah, it it, 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 it took shape. <laughs> yeah, it was already out there. But yeah, that didn't happen in the book. But I did Ron's skating spider. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am I, terrified of spiders. Yeah, I feel I, like gave him a spider without his legs bouncing around, but still having still be scary. Right? Like, you're going to bounce at me and fucking eat my head. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> At least on the roller skates, it's like comedy show. Right? <laughs> They're disoriented and they probably can't <laughs> skate to kill you. And by the time uh, you figured it out, you'd have time to leave. Right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so, in the Care for Magical Creatures class, we only get Buckbeak in the movie. But there's how many, what, a dozen or so in the book? And yeah. mul- lots of students get to ride them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the, the movie, it's like, oh, only Harry is doing this. And you don't get to see everyone else do it. And I, yeah. I wish there was so many hippogriffs that would have been exciting. But probably also very difficult to film. <laughs> Maybe they didn't have the budget to do more than one. <laughs> we can't have 12. I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, if that's a reason, that's sad. It's Harry Potter. It had to have a giant budget. <laughs> that's true. <clears throat> but a funny thing about the scene in the movie with Harry writing Buckbeak, mm-hmm. that H, that Harry Potter trivia game that I have, yeah, the, one of the questions I didn't get it right, and I still don't know what it is. But it asks you which talon grazed the water in the film. And it's, uh, hold on. Do you have the answer? Do you know? Because I think I might know. <laughs> I thought it was like the middle one. I probably should have paid okay, attention to it. So movie. he starts with it's it's his front right leg and he starts with like these two cuz they he, he kind of has like a thumb and like talons. He starts with these two but then he dips like all four of these in but he keeps this one out. He keeps his thumb out, but he has like the rest of them in the water. If someone I knows, believe You're right. <laughs> I'm not totally sure, but I just, every time I watch this movie, I just kind of look down, like, 
I can't believe this is a fucking question in a trivia game. Come on. <laughs> you couldn't think out of all the Harry Potter lore and everything. Which talon is it? Who the fuck cares? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but that's how I feel about that. Who the fuck cares? True, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> If someone officially knows this or wants to actually look through their trivia set, maybe I will. I'll get bored someday and try it. Out. I don't know. Tell us the answer. It'd be greatly appreciated because I want to know. Yeah, but I don't want to really work all the energy. That was when I just quit playing that game, though. Really. So another class that's different is divination. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> In the book, we get to, there's these magical stair, not stairs, but this ladder that appears. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, we just get more fucking stairs at Hogwarts. <laughs> Literally all of the fucking stairs. <laughs> like, Their ass like... would look so good after going to Hogwarts. <laughs> They don't even need a gym. Just going to <laughs> classes, that's all you need. That's that's why they have brooms for everything else. Uh, but, God, what? I can't, it's the, it is this movie. For the longest time when I watched it, when they're going down the stairs after the crystal ball starts rolling down, Harry's going to take it back, but you see the window and there's fucking stairs over there, too. <laughs> You're like, God damn. <laughs> Like there is there a place in Hogwarts that's not all stairs besides the Great Hall? <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> Probably not. So for the Gryffindor Hufflepuff match, it's known that Diggory is the seeker in the book. It says flat out that like, oh, the new seeker for Hufflepuff, he's big and, you know, hard to beat. But in the movie, the person playing the seeker wasn't Robert Pattinson. And I feel like as if if that's who they were going to go with was Robert Pattinson, Pattinson fuck, for the next movie, which I assume you would kind of already have casted at this point because these were coming out like a year apart, I think. Yeah. Um, then he should have been in that scene. Otherwise, they should have just used the guy that they used in the scene for it. Right. But I wonder, what if that... I don't know who plays Cedric Diggory in this movie. I never actually cared enough to look, but he maybe he just kind of wasn't as good as maybe. Robert for this role. But then they should have known that he was going to be big in the next book. Yeah. Because obviously the books were out. Right. Way I think before it's just the something they just straight up didn't think about. They're like, not a main character, don't need anyone expensive. Yeah. Maybe it's their budget. Even though it's <laughs> Well, it's not like they wasted it on the hippogriff. <laughs> right. Okay, so, but also with this match, everyone has goggles. But in the book, only Harry gets his glasses, is it, would it be impervenized? <laughs> Impervious-ed. <laughs> But yeah, Harry, Hermione puts the impervious spell on his glasses. But I had this idea for a business. If you, like, how to make extra cash at Hogwarts during games. How many people watch Quidditch and it's raining? 
you can be like, oh, for two nuts, so. <laughs> <laughs> two nuts. <laughs> I'll do the impervious spell on your glasses, because let's, let's face it, I bet a lot of people just don't know that, especially first years. Yeah. You could nickel and dime those little kids trying to <laughs> get some extra cash at all of these quidditch games. It's such a shady games. business, but yes. It's such a shady business. <laughs> but, but then in the movie, they should have all done that spell on their goggles. Like, unless the goggles are already spelled to have, like, water reflecting. And pervyized. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ugh. Let's see. There was a weird part that we've talked about how many people recognize <laughs> Harry's eyes. The whole thing still is. creeps me out. <laughs> yeah. But when they're talking, Lupin and Harry, you're talking, you know, Harry, I didn't recognize you by your scar, but by your eyes. Like, Same as your mother's. Like, you motherfucker, are you serious? You recognize this woman's eyes, but you didn't recognize the fucking famous ass scar on this kid's head? Like, come on. So, I don't believe that for a second. So when I was watching the movie, I think I actually, did I Snapchat you that that whole scene of him talking to Harry on the bridge was just like very awkward to me? It's like, like I swear, he's he, he's done Lily in the past. Like, because the way he talks, the way he talks about her, he's like, you know, oh, Lily. It's like, okay, bro, move on. So maybe that's how he knows her eyes. They did missionary every time. There we go. No reverse cowgirl on that one. I'm dead. Forgive her. She didn't get much sleep last night. That's every night. Yeah, it's, well. just, it's become a personality problem at this time point. At this time and point. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So Harry doesn't go to Lupin's office to see the Grindelow in this movie. No. That never happens. And at the time, it doesn't seem like a big deal. However, later in The Deathly Hallows Part 1, and spoiler alert at this point, <laughs> but in Deathly Hallows Part 1, like, what was the first thing when you came to my office? What creature was in my office? Yes. I didn't even think of that. And he's like, Grindelow. And it's like, man, if you didn't read the book, you would have no, that would make no sense to you because they did not put it in this movie. That's always been something that bothered me. Like, mm -hmm. you would think that even though that is the answer in the book, that was accurate to Deathly Hallows. But there's a lot of people who didn't read the book. Exactly. So they didn't change it for only the movie watchers, which... Hmm. They should have just put that, but it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't you in just Deathly blown my mind. I didn't even notice that. Oh, was Deathly Hallows the book released at the time that Prisoner of Azkaban was out? Like, was it out already? I don't know. Let's consult Google real quick. <laughs> <laughs> because if it wasn't out, I can see that scene not being important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, well, while you consult Google, <laughs> I'm going to go off on a tangent and tell a funny story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, the twins give Harry the map in a hallway with people walking by, which I thought was odd. But nevertheless, they give it to him, they teach him how to use it. But did you ever realize that in the font that they use for the Marauder's map, 
it makes all the U's look like V's. So it shows a close-up of Dumbledore pacing his office. It says, Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> like, you guys couldn't have used a different font, because, you know. <laughs> so, another a funny story to go with this. Um, I Snapchatted a photo of this, of Albus Dumbledore, to you, as well <laughs> as to my aunt, Renee, and her reply made me laugh so freaking hard. So I sent her saying, like, oh, couldn't change the font or, you know, something like that. And she sent me back, um, give them a break. They spent all their time learning magic, not their ABCs. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the marauders who made the map. <laughs> yeah. Man, they should have got a different font. And it never really occurred to me until you sent that to me. It never bothered me. And now I I'll just pause. And I'm like, yeah. Now when I see that scene, I'm just, how do you say this with a V? <laughs> so I've consulted Google. Ooh. So the movie Prisoner of Azkaban was 2004. Deathly Hallows the book didn't come out until 2007. Oh. So they had no idea that she was going to do that. Okay. Well, then they can be forgiven for that mild Mildly. Change. I, right. Then That's, they shouldn't have added it that to the book then. Or to the movie. Movie then. Right. Like, that, it'd be like forgiven that you change it. Mm hmm. Because it doesn't but, make sense with the movies. But then the Deathly Hollows movie shouldn't have made that a question. They should have yeah. done, like, what was the first. I don't know, what was the first class I taught you? Or, you know, How like... did I recognize you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was it your scar or your eyes? So Harry heads over, right after he gets the map, he heads over to Hogsmeade. And that son of a bitch, after he comes out of the freaking candy store, walks by and steals Neville's fucking lollipop. Like, what the hell, Harry? Go buy your own. Right, like that was just so shitty. Neville like all like excited and he goes to lick it and he's just like yanked out of his hand by an imaginary or an invisible force. Imaginary. That's not right. Me. But and then no one brings it up again. Like, yeah. I'm sorry if all of a sudden my fucking like lollipop just got taken out of my hand by nothing and floated out the goddamn door. <laughs> I'd be stopping like, hey, what the hell just happened? What kind of drugs are in that lollipop? Or what the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I would have probably followed the lollipop. Like, what the hell? Like, but seriously, and then nobody even like acknowledges this a red lollipop in the Giant. middle of winter. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> so they obviously mess up the whole scene. Instead of, I think it was the three. They were all sitting at the bar. And everybody comes in, so they move the tree to hide themselves, right? Is that when their first time talking was? When they tell mm -hmm. Ross Murda about Sirius? Yeah. Well, I want to know, because they changed it. They sent them all upstairs to, I guess, her room, and they shut the door, and they all talk about it in private. But how the hell did nobody hear him? He was like, <sighs> like the whole time. <laughs> Like he was practically like yell panting. Like I, I would have heard him, and I would have been like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> God, he was so loud. 
And on top of that, he, like, opened the door. <laughs> like, it was already closed. And he's just... <gasps> yeah, they, like, they like played it off once. They kind of just, like, shut it again. Okay. But then he had to open it to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was hyperventilating, so that even caused him to breathe louder. <laughs> and he's, like, fucking running. <laughs> And then crying, knocking people over. He just has no regard for anybody. I also feel like winter is a really bad time of the year to be sneaking into Hogsmeade. Like, because you see his, like, shoe prints. Just. Yeah. But they're not very observant because no (laughs) one said anything about the lollipop. Fair enough. (laughs) Also, Harry didn't get his firebolt for Christmas. And that, I mean, I get why they took it away, I guess, but that whole conflict where both Harry and Ron were mad at Hermione for Mm -hmm. turning the broom into McGonagall, because it could have not been safe. I get her point, but... It was a very legit point. Yeah. But they they didn't talk to her for, what, two months? A long time. (laughs) Yeah. So it just kind of got rid of that whole relationship dynamic in the book mm-hmm. again. So in the books, Harry's at his second time in Hogsmeade when he runs in with Draco, I believe, um, which leads him to be caught by Snape with the map because he ends up pissing off Draco and his floating head thing happens. But in the movie, instead, he's chasing Peter Pettigrew, when Snape finds him in the hallway with the map. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, either way, Snape had to find him with the map, but I just feel like that was weird. Because then yeah. now, yeah, I don't know. That whole, like, the ending, it's like, where do you even begin to start the differences between the book and the movie? Because mm-hmm. almost nothing is the same. Something that bugged me was none of the trio help Hagrid with their trial for Buckbeak. In the movie? Like, yeah. They didn't? No. Wow. Like, there's the part where Hagrid tells them about the trial, but there was no part where they were helping him with it. Fucking assholes. <laughs> right? And Harry's first crush is not in the movie either. She's, She's not, not a big part. <gasps> Yeah, no. Cho Chang is not mentioned. Well, I don't, is she mentioned in the movie? I, just I think she like. She, I watched it a lot longer ago than you did, but yeah. I, I thought she like walked by. But I have been reading Goblet of Fire, so maybe that's <laughs> what I'm thinking because she's mentioned a shit ton in that one. Yeah, but Cho Chang is just not a big character because they have the Quidditch match between mm. Gryffindor and Ravenclaw, mm. and then he's like, "Ooh, Ooh hello." <laughs> Hey, I fly boom Ooh, too. she cute. <laughs> so one thing that actually bugged me was that Hermione punches Draco on their way back from the Care of Magical Cre- Creatures class in the book because that's when she starts like losing her shit, which I love yeah. <laughs> in the book. I love when she loses her shit. Like she's just <laughs> badass. She's I love it. But in the movie, it's later on when Buckbeak is about to be executed that she just, like, walks up and wallops him. I, I get the effect, but I just feel like I liked it better when she was, like, losing her shit over trying to yeah. manage a bajillion classes. 
Yeah. Speaking and of I'll... classes. <laughs> Speaking of classes. Trelawney, I think, was supposed to give her a prediction on the last day of classes. Like, during their exams, right? Because it's awesome. Harry's alone up there with her. Yeah. So, during the finals, <laughs> uh, the owls, I... No. Is it the owls? Yeah. Was it? They're I don't owls think it's finals? owls yet, but just, like, their finals, because <clears throat> they have to do the prediction part, and then she yeah. does that, and he's like, did I pass, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> but for the prediction... It was definitely not on the same day that Hermione quits. Like, they went to no. class much further, or much longer, than she did before they got the prediction. Yeah. But that's because they added that whole scene with her knocking off the crystal ball, which... And it mm-hmm. going down the stairs that weren't supposed to be there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and him going back. Yeah, so I feel like they, like, moved up the timeline of the entire story to me. Or at least made it look like Hermione held on a lot longer to divination than she was supposed to. (laughs) Yeah, that was not her class. Mm -mm. I don't think I'd enjoy that class either. It wouldn't be mine, no. It'd probably be my least favorite. I'd probably prefer listening to Professor Binns talk about history. (laughs) Right. You good? Yeah. <laughs> also, they were supposed to talk to, t- my goodness, to use the cloak to go to Hagrid's. Because, I mean, they basically always use the cloak to go to Hagrid's. But this specific time, I feel like it was the most important to use the cloak to go to Hagrid's. Yeah, because they weren't supposed to be out anyway mm-hmm. going down there. And I, I mean, for the movie's sake, like, I guess it made it to where it was more dramatic when they go back in time because they're not doing the whole well we have to try to avoid ourselves who are wearing the invisible cloak right now (laughs) (laughs) but you think it would have been easier then because they could have just been like avoiding thin air wouldn't have had to even have them run through the screen (laughs) right they could have been like look there we are (laughs) like the little footprints (laughs) (laughs) If they did that, they'd probably make it, like, winter again for no reason. <laughs> well, they moved the timeline time up anyways. <laughs> so, Hagrid was the one that found Scabbers instead of Hermione, because she's supposed to, like, find him in the jar, and then the jar is supposed to, like, she's supposed to scream, and that kind of gives them the prompts of when they had to do, like, throw the rock and all that later on. Because then she's like, oh, I just found... Scabbers and yeah, um, but Hagrid just kind of like, here's your rat, Ron. <laughs> I found it. Like you know what Scabbers looks like. Like I realize Scabbers is like a scraggly old ass rat, and you could probably recognize him. But aren't there a lot of? I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the missing toe. Maybe. Like, oh, if that toe's missing, it must be him. <laughs> I also get wanting to add the danger and the drama, but when they're follow, or when they're following um, Lupin, who or not Lupin, sorry, Sirius, who dragged Ron into the, under the tree, um, I would have liked it better if they would have just done what the movie or the book had done and just gotten Crookshanks to go push the button, you know? Yeah. 
because all of a sudden they're like fighting off this whomping willow and it's like beating the shit out of them. But then like somehow Hermione like grabs a hold of Harry and like swings him in and like it just seemed <laughs> like pointlessly dramatic. Like, okay, yeah. calm down. <laughs> but it, I feel like it took a lot away from the story. Like in that time, they could have explained the Marauders finally. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that's how Hermione gets like the. You know, like in the pop final, she has like a ripped, bloody, I think, sleeve or something. I think that's how she gets it in the book. I'm looking. I have a Lupin <laughs> pop in front of me, coincidentally, which is would be the one you're talking about because it's her outfit from with the pink sweater see, and the jeans. Yeah, I don't see a rip or anything in the actual, like the picture of it, but I don't have the actual pop in front of me. I don't own it. But I think that's how she gets, like, the cut for the movies, is with the Whomping Willow. Yeah. Also, after they get there, um, Harry is the only one that does the Expelliarmus on Snape, which he's done that spell so many times by now. Like, mm-hmm. an insane amount of times. That, that kid knows nothing but Expelliarmus. So, he's never knocked someone out cold with it. <laughs> right. It, it, it In the book, it's all three of them doing it at the same time, which kind of, like, probably isn't a good idea. But him alone wouldn't have knocked him out. No. Because, I mean, even in... Let's see. In the sixth one, when he tries to use a more, like, a... A harder spell, I guess. Like, Snape catches that one. I'm pretty sure that Snape would have blocked this one from himself pretty easily. We don't get to see Crookshanks. Well, Crookshanks isn't a badass character in this movie at all. Just a cat. But we don't get to see how Crookshanks was helping Sirius, and Sirius was communicating with Crookshanks, and that's why Crookshanks was after Scabbers the whole time, because... Mm -hmm. He knew. <laughs> that he wasn't what he was. Yeah. You're not an old-ass rat, dude. You're just an old-ass man. <laughs> but something that makes me sad is we don't get to hear about, like, Lupin's story and how the Marauders were created. Yeah. And why the Whomping Willow is even there in the first place, you know? Yeah, exactly. All of that is just completely out of the film. Mm-hmm. Like... Again, unless you read the books, you don't understand any of that. Do they mention it ever? Because, like, is it ever mentioned that it is them four that made it in the movies? I can't remember. I can't recall. Hmm. I don't think so. so. That's a big, that's like a big nugget of information that they're leaving out, if not. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll figure it out the more we watch, mm-hmm. because it's been a while since I've watched all the movies, so they definitely didn't want to mention it in this one. Nope. <laughs> and again, we don't get to hear why Snape hates Lupin and Sirius so much, and James and that, but... Yeah, he whole... was really chatty in the book. Yes, about how, like, what Sirius did and what they did and... We don't get to hear that. We just get a very angry Snape in the movie. <laughs> he just, like, irrationally hates them. 
Yeah. Is what I feel like in the in the movies. But, yeah, but in the book you're like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I get it. Mad too. No, yeah. for sure. They were jerks. They were all of them. Like, ugh. Like I wouldn't like them. I'd want to punch them too. Exactly. I didn't personally love or like their portrayal of a werewolf in this book. He looks so like odd. Yeah, like the long, grotesque limbs and everything. But like the half-man, half-wolf face, but like, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. I think, isn't it in the book, like, it's more just like actual wolf-like. Yeah. But it's more of like that typical werewolf kind of look in the movie. But, like, they added a different type of spin. I don't know. They tried to make him look more human than... Uh, I didn't like Yeah. Ugh. Very, very humanoid. I mean, he was creepy looking. I'll give him that. Yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but I also feel like if they... They changed into animals to be able to control another animal. And they would actually all go out and do stuff together. Yeah. Well, I, I If I see a deer... A dog, a rat, and a whatever the fuck Lupin was in the movie, I'd be like, what the hell's going on? But if I saw, like, two dogs, essentially, and a deer and a rat, yeah. I'd be less concerned. Yeah. Then they just wanted it to look really dramatic because, <laughs> you know, it's a movie. <laughs> so after everything's done... I freaking loved Dumbledore when he goes to visit them in the infirmary before, mm-hmm. like, Harry and Hermione set off. He just, like, walks up, pats Ron's bad leg while he's talking. I laughed so hard during that scene. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> like, I know that it's just one of those little things they add, but, oh, my gosh, I, I love, die every time. I Ron's love when they face. add little Dumbledore things, because he's just, like, yeah. adorable. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I do kind of like at the end of the movie. We did it, Professor. Did what? Good night. (laughs) I just laugh every time. And he's just so nonchalant about hitting Ron's foot. Just tapping him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay, in the movie, she pulls out... (laughs) <laughs> the time turner after Dumbledore's like, you have till this time, Miss Granger, three spins, you know. She like pulls out the chain and Harry's like, what's going on? And then he, she's like, like wraps it around his neck. That fucking chain is like four feet long. Every other time you've seen it, it's been hanging down to like her chest. Where, where did the extra like 20 feet of freaking rope come from? <laughs> she like lassoed him and like... I never thought about that until you said something. Because the link that she has in the rest of the movie, it would not make it over his head, too. There would have been no way! Maybe there's some sort of spell. The chain's however long you need it. You never need to resize anything, ever. (laughs) Well, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it, but it just... It's you kind of far. So someone with the gold chain, we got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the way she pulled it out. It was like, I got all this chain. Come on, let's go. 
Like, oh. <laughs> but I was super happy, aside from the long chain, that the movie makers agreed with me. Remember last episode, I had said that in the books, they had time and space traveled to the front entrance. But in mm-hmm. the in the movie, they just kind of, like, go back in time. You see Madame Palm Free walking through the thing and, like, you know, things happening. And I, I did personally like that they stayed where they were. Mm-hmm. They just traveled through time. Yeah. So I was actually really happy about that. <laughs> I was too. I, I feel like it adds so much because it's you see the, like, the light change and everything from where they were a couple of seconds beforehand. I also think that they really need to learn how to think things through. So they go, they run, they do all these things, they find themselves, they save the buckbeak, they go to the serious, they get the serious, you know. But then they bring Sirius onto the hippogriff, and then they freaking land in the middle of the school courtyard. <laughs> yes. Like in the books, I think they go up to like the Allery or something, or like they go somewhere out of sight. But you're landing a fucking hippogriff <laughs> in the middle of the <laughs> courtyard with the wanted felon on the back of it. Do you really think that this is a good idea, guys? Because I don't think it is. <laughs> It's not. I feel like the theme in the movies is just never have good ideas. <laughs> Ever. Let's just Put them in the courtyard. <laughs> just walk down there without your invisibility cloak. No big. Let's just take all of these good ideas and cancel them. <laughs> <laughs> cancel them. <laughs> delete, delete. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, that made no sense. However, that scene makes me cry like every mm-hmm. time. Oh, for sure. But yeah. She's not very it smart. Makes, it's not. And another thing, when Hermione gets her serious out of there, doesn't she just use Alohomora in the book? Yeah. But they make it so dramatic in the movie. Bombarda! And then it's, it like explodes. Yeah. I feel like in the movies, like in the book, they use a lot of the same spells. Mm-hmm. Which, they're kids. You would, they Obviously, they would use a lot of the same spells. Like I, There's only certain ones I would probably ever use. But in the movie, it feels like they try to, like, add different spell names. You know, for, like, Potter nerds who are like, mm-hmm. oh, I know 80 different spells. Well, good for you, but you don't need to. <laughs> you don't like, need I to. feel I feel like they should have just kept the spells that they used, but it feels like maybe for movie theatrical, they've added a lot more. Yeah, but again, this made it where it made even less sense, because you're talking about... A fucking explosion instead of just unlocking it and then going right down to the courtyard while everyone is looking for you. There's dementors and everything around Hogwarts, you know? Yeah. Again, with the with the good ideas. Just delete it. Fuck it. We don't need them. Why unlock it quietly when I can make an explosion? And walk away like a badass. <laughs> Make Filch have some extra work to do. <laughs> so, at the end of the movie, that's when Harry gets his firebolt. Mm-hmm. Even though in the book it's different, which we already talked about that. But we don't get the visitation letter from Sirius where he's permitting Harry to go to Hogsmeade the next year. Mm-hmm. Because he's his godfather. He can do that. That part makes me cry in the book. It does, yeah. And then... 
my favorite part at the very end of the book is not there either. When Harry is back at King's Cross with Vernon. Just nonchalantly. You know. Yeah. So this is my godfather. He's a murderer. He's going to want to know if I've been happy. <laughs> Just such a subtle little thread. <laughs> I really wanted that to be in the movie so much. I can't remember. Is so then? Pidgewidgeon isn't in the movie at all because Pidgewidgeon delivers the letter to Harry from the train. Does he? Yeah, the little bird. Like in the book, he like delivers the letter. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't reintroduce Pidgewidgeon either. Yeah, I was just thinking about um. Is it in the big? Which book? Which movie is it with Pidwidgeon? He's in there. He's but not in this movie. the next one. Yeah, because he gets yes, he Ron's bites. supposed to get him at this one, and yeah. then he's in the next one because he annoys Hedwig when Harry's there for the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh, reading the books and watching the movies is getting really confusing sometimes. <laughs> Because there's too many, like, realities going on. You're like, <laughs> right, where, where was that book or was that movie? What, what did I see? And, and which one was it? <laughs> <laughs> They're just all running together right now. Well, now I want to make a note to pay attention in the next book. Or, sorry, next book. Next movie. I want mm-hmm. to pay attention and see if, obviously, Pidgewidgeon is there. But how did they get it? Did they buy it for him? Or does he mention it was a gift from Sirius? You know, I want to see. Yes, we'll pay hard. We're going to pay attention. (laughs) We'll pay hard. (laughs) We'll pay hard attention. (laughs) I can English today. Oh, gosh. I can't either. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's just a constant problem. If if anyone wanted to hear me talk without messing things up, you'd have to edit half of my words out. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> all right, that's all we had for today. We only had forty eight points. <laughs> all right, if you would like to listen to get more lit, you can check out more episodes on journeyintocomics.com. You can find us and the rest of the Journey into Comics network on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can find more of my social media at on Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads at Literature Podcast. And you can email me at podcastliterature.com, at dot com, at gmail.com. You didn't, and didn't, you didn't need to know what kind of email that was. <laughs> at dot com. At dot com. <laughs> See, I, I can't talk today. <laughs> or ever. I can't talk any day of my life. But you can also <laughs> check out Mish's blog at abibliophilesbookblog.wordpress.com There you go. <laughs> We're getting there. Until next time. Bye. Bye.